0: Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to the Wrestlers with Experience podcast. Yes, with myself, Dietrich Davis. One half of this illustrious tag team while the COVID-19 outbreak is keeping everybody separated and all of us are working from home. Before we get started, I'm gonna give you a little bit of intro music. I think it deserves this. But this podcast episode might be a little bit controversial as you saw from the name stone cold steve austin ruined tag team wrestling in one sentence i'll be back with the bullshit I'm just saying, I had to use that AJ Styles theme. Not been heard in the WWE, but the shit is hard. That's all I got to say about that. But on this morning, as I record this particular podcast on the year of our Lord 2020, on a Sunday at 5.45 AM, I want people to sit back and embrace what I'm about to say. I'm not shitting on Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is arguably arguably one of the greatest in-ring competitors and champions of all time. Biggest box office draw to this day. No one has come close to it. That has been confirmed. Men lie. Women lie. But the numbers don't. But I heard Stone Cold Steve Austin say something about 20 years ago, 18 years ago. And I'm going to come back to this statement, but I need to give it to you first before I give you my perspective. Stone Cold Steve Austin said, and I quote, if you're not trying to be the WWF world heavyweight champion, then there ain't no reason for you to be in this business. Now, for some that could be taken as this is the only this is the belt that sets the tone. If you're not at the top of the card, you ain't even worth coming into. The, you shouldn't even show up to work. If you're not gunning to be at the top of the card, you should not show up to work. If you are not gunning to become DWW World Wrestling Federation champion now, the World Wrestling Entertainment champion, and so on and so on, you shouldn't show up to work. And it's a great line. It's a very powerful and motivational line. It sets the tone on how you should go about getting things done. But then if you're a wrestler or entertainer or superstar, whatever they want to brand you with, and you end up in that position where you hear Steve Austin say that, whoever you came into business with, you don't give a fuck about at that moment if your goal is to become the world's heavyweight champion. If your goal is to become the number one guy and the main inventor of your respected company, or your f- respected, as we used to say back in the day, federation, or your indie property, or your indie, your indie fed, or whatever you want to call it, whether AEW, New Japan, WWE, Ring of Honor, R O H A, and NWA, if you're not trying to be that number one person, then fuck everything else. This sentence, this line might've single-handedly destroyed tag team wrestling on a subconscious level. I've said on this podcast several times that sometimes the wrestling locker room, the men's wrestling locker room is one of the most emotional and insecure places a man can put his two feet. It is a locker room full of love for the business, support for the business, But in the same breath, there's a locker room full of a bunch of men who low key don't like each other, who low key is mad, who's getting what spot, who's low key, who's who wants your position if you're sitting higher than them. And they want your Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin and Brock Lesnar paydays. And even if you and if you show an ounce of greatness, they're looking for a way to ruin you. That's all I got to say about that in that particular notation, but it's true. A bunch of emotional little kids who are mad that no one is patting them on the back or no one is celebrating or fighting for one man's emotion on almost a homoerotic level, which is the booker, the writer fighting for all these people emotions because they want them to recognize their greatness or they want them to step on someone else's greatness. Now there has been some amazing tag teams in the business of professional wrestling. But in order for you to be a great tag team, you need another great tag team to go up against. Jim Cornette would would agree. Jim Ross would agree. Now, if you look back at the history, everybody can run down who they feel their top 10 and top 20, you know, who their top 20 um, wrestlers are some people would say the Steiner Brothers yes great tag team the Funks yes great great tag team you know what I'm saying Minnesota Wrecking Crew of course the Rockers is going to be at the top of that list Demolition Mr. Fuji and Professor Tanaka the Miracle Violence Connection you know what I'm saying it goes on and on and on the Blackjacks the New Age Outlaws Harlem Heat, Nikolai Volkoff and the Iron Sheik, the Brainbusters, the British Bulldogs, the Wild Samoans, Can't Leave Them Out, the Briscoe Brothers, of course, Devon, Von Erichs, the Fabulous Freebirds, the Midnight Express, which a lot of if Jim Cornette was here, they're the best of all time. The Hardys, the Outsiders, Dudley Boys, the Hart Foundation, Legion of Doom, a.k.a. the World Warriors. And that list can go on and on and on. You know, you got Brothers of Destruction, great tag team. You got Bear Money, Inc. You got the Young Bucks. You got the Revival. But can you say the Revival was great if they never had a great tag team to go up against? We don't know. The New Day, very organic and manufactured set of teams. You could even say the Blade Runners. <laughs> I believe that was thing in Ultimate Warrior, if I'm right. You know, let's not cause. And then there's some super mega tag teams. When I mean super, I'm talking about super. And then we talk about Hogan and Ultimate and Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. And when you think about those two, oh, that was the greatest and largest. Tag team of all Fucking time on a marketing Scale I would argue the road warriors But in a generation Of the 80s where it was about the bright Colors the entrance music And popping the fans That would be Hogan And Macho Now let's stand back And pull that aside Then we have to go Look, if you want to go N.W.A. style, Dusty Rhodes, Nikolai Koloff, <laughs> Ole and Gene Anderson, you know what I'm saying? They were, they would they were dope. Adrian Adonis, Jeffy Rant and Jesse Ventura. Money, Inc. Does not talk about over there at e- e- TNA, a.k.a. Impact. You had Bear money ache of James Storms and Robert Rules. Steve Williams, Ted Dibiase, over in the UWF. Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. You had the Russians. The, 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 the let's not forget the British Bulldogs, the Barbarian and Warlord. I can go on and on and on and on. Tully Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Another set. But well, who gives a fuck about the names right now? And then we have another unique tag team that comes at a very unique time in life that changes everything, but might've been the last tag team. And let me not forget Edge and Christian, cause I wanna say something about that that I didn't remember. But then we got Steve Austin and Triple H. The last time the WWF World Wrestling Federation slash World Wrestling Entertainment tag team championship belts meant anything in the world of professional wrestling. Triple H, believe it or not, I'm not caping for the nigga, I'm just stating hard facts. Last time the Intercontinental Championship had value is when Triple H wore it when he was with Steve Austin in the two-man power trip. Steve Austin represented the world title and Triple H became the workhorse of the fed and was running rough shot with that IC championship. Because if you pin Triple H, who was already a former world champion, who a lot of people thought that was a step backwards, for the first time in history, the Intercontinental title was on equal par with the WWF championship. They usually say the belt makes the man, but in this situation, the man made the belt. And when that belt moved over to Kane during that period, it ain't have the value Triple H gave to it. It shows you the value of what those two men men did together in those several short months. If I'm right, I think they dropped the tag belts to Triple. I think Triple H dropped the. They dropped the tag. Who did they drop those tag belts to? I believe they dropped them either to Undertaker and Kane or they they dropped them to Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. I, I'm not too sure. I'm doing I'm doing a look up right now. But now I want to fast forward to a line where Triple H says. And I quote. If you're not going to be the world heavyweight champion, you got no purpose being in that business. And right now in the last 10 years, there has been no meaningful meaningful tag team champions. No two people who have come together and they actually made those belts of value and done anything that makes you go, wow, these belts are great. And Triple H and Shawn held it in 2009 and it didn't mean anything. Big Show and Chris Jericho held them, them in the early thousands. It didn't mean anything. We started going from the point of the business where you had two men who matched each other and cared about what the, what the tag team outlook um, world looked like, and they represented that, to now where you put two singles competitors. And there's, a, there's an aspect I want to point out before we get back to the Steve Austin reference because it all comes full circle. I'm long-winded with it but it all comes full circle. When you look at how WWE builds talent, it is a business that doesn't really, under, they don't. They focused on tag team wrestling, but as the late and early 90s came along, tag team wrestling didn't mean as much in the business of sports entertainment. People love tag team championships, but they, they didn't care about seeing the perfect unified tag team. It started coming to the point where we wanted to see the mixed matches and if you're in the WWE or you're building in the WWE or even WCW at the time, let's not even count because WCW never built any new talent but Goldberg at one point. But if you take WWE, with that, which was the representation of what tag team wrestling should have been, they are a company that builds individual talents they're looking for the next world heavyweight champion. They're looking for the person who can sell out the seats like a Austin, a Hogan, a Rock, a Triple H, a Shawn Michaels, and so on and so on. And when you look at that formula, if you are put in a tag team, you know working in the WWE, which at one point, it was still to this day is the biggest company in the world for the last 50 fucking years, Undisputedly the biggest company in the world. They only lost their title to WCW for 83 weeks. And then it came right back to them. And they was the undisputed champions of wrestling television. And when you sit back and you comprehend that, that's literally let's take the last 30 years, the last 30 years of wrestling. It's about getting someone to the main events of WrestleMania. Let's say the last 35 years, because we're up to WrestleMania number 37. We're going into in 2021. So you got to think about it. The last 36 years of wrestling was about finding one individual to become the world heavyweight champion in order to make sure that they can continue selling tickets, merchandise, toys and so on and so on and so on. And when you have that mentality of building up one talent, it doesn't matter in their formula who you put the tag team belts on because the belts are now a part of a mechanic to get one person over. It came to the point that the best tag teams that came out of wrestling in the recent millennium were since 1997 were the mixed match where they would put two odd people together and they would be more over than the singular team of dudes. Let's take badass Billy Gunn and Road Dog Jesse James. When you put the tag team belts on them, they weren't necessarily a tag team. They were two dudes who was running around with nothing to do and they happened to put those belts on them. Visually, they were a complete mix match, but that was the tag team. When you had Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels, it was only to build build the feud of them going into WrestleMania. Mick Foley and Cactus Jack, Mick, Fo- Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, a.k.a. Dude Love, a.k.a. Mankind, when he tagged up with uh, Ta- Chainsaw Charlie. <laughs> Dory Funk. And when they came together, people loved it. So we've come, we've been accustomed to the last minimum of 20 years of mixed tag teams, you know. And then you can go, Oh, yeah, we had the edge heads, yeah, that was cool. You had M&N. that was great. Even the Legion of Doom, we became Animal and Heidenreich, and that didn't even work. And that was in early 2000, mid 2005. Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, big, 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 big mismatch. Ray Mysterio, Rob Van Dam, Billy Kidman, and Paul London, big mismatch. Then you had the Dudleys, but the Dudleys are great because of the amount of their ECW runs and them having Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys to throw around consistently. But when you start looking at it, they were just two sets of guys, not them coming into business at the bottom as tag team wrestlers. And then eventually the formula in professional wrestling has become one guy will leave to become the great world champion. It's like a faction. A faction is literally a tag team. The goal of a faction of three of three or four or five wrestlers is to find out who's going to become your golden goose. And from that moment forward, you are now deciding who is going to be the great one and who's going to be garbage. So with that that formula, that format. How do you build great tag team wrestling? You can't, because the formula is designed to find one person who can do it. Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle, they were tag team champions. Would you believe that? <laughs> you 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 gotta when you sit when you sit back and you look at it. And you start formulating it and putting it together, it becomes wild fucking crazy. And in recently, even um, the revival said, "Yo, those shit, that shit don't mean nothing." So when you sit down and you listen to what he's saying, that's fucking deep. That shit don't mean nothing. How do you begin to how do you begin how do you even walk into a company thinking that you can build tag team champions when the tag team champions are saying it ain't worth shit? Don't worry about that. It ain't worth it. So, technically, when you go back, the last great tag team in professional wrestling was Steve Austin and unfortunately, Triple H The last great intercontinental champion was Triple H. He put the workhorse definition back without a lot of you even knowing what that means. And if you try to challenge me, I dare you, email me. Tell me, hey Dietrich, we know of great intercontinental tag team champions and tag team champions since Triple H and Austin. Tell me, you can't find them. The New Day, are only great champions because of the amount of time they were able to be left with the belts because they got two sets of tag team championships. Fuck does that mean? What, you wanna you wanna throw out me, Edge and Christian? Yeah, they were great tag team champions, but they had the Hardys, they had this. Every other tag team in since at least 2002 haven't had a, a legit tag team to go up against. They haven't had it wasn't ever right now a set of teams that can go up against a set of teams. Jimmy and Jay Uso are g- good champions. I wouldn't consider them great. Like I said, the new day, do we consider them great? <laughs> now we got the Forgotten Sons. Are we just going to put the tag team championships on the Forgotten Sons? Because like I said in the last episode, thank you for participating. <laughs> we love you with the company. Like, you gotta really sit back and comprehend how they're looking at all of this. And I don't think they're looking at all of this in a smart or intelligent way at all. You got the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks are great. If you go to AEW, you look at their tag team roster, the Young Bucks are great. But let's be for real. Do they have have a legit tag team division? Because right now, the tag team champions is Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Again, a mixed match. What the fuck do you do with that? No disrespect. What do you do with that? Where is their legit tag teams? You're not you're not gonna find it right now. I'm not being an asshole. I'm being realistic. The Young Bucks, they can use at least seven or eight tag teams to be with. They can use it. They don't have it. You got Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. (laughs) They're great. But again, how many times can they fight the Young Bucks? You got SCU. They're great. How many times can they fight the Young Bucks? I don't even consider SCU. Uh, as a great tag team. They're great wrestlers, but the tag team thing seem shaky with them. You got the inner circle, but that's designed to build up some real talent there. What do you do with that? Even in the women's divisions, there's no legit women's tag teams, there's a mixed match. Now let's go back to the most important line that I said at the top of this show Steve Austin. Ruined tag team wrestling in one statement because if a wrestler is coming into a WWE or AEW or any fucking company How can you legitly say? How can you legitly say? That if they listen to that formula that Steve Austin said and a train of thought and he's the biggest Person in the history of the business what Steve Austin just said just became the word of God and now everybody got one goal, and that is to become the world's heavyweight champion of their respective company. And they would probably see being a tag team champion as a setback. So they're looking for ways to get out or hoping that the writing team or developmental or whatever it is comes up to them and say, hey, we got something for you guys. And then they take that and they run with it. And then now we're in a situation where you have dudes who uh, they're okay with being in tag teams, but they're really not happy. You think when Drew McIntyre was in 3MB, that he really wanted to be in, 3, in 3MB when Vince McMahon had shook his hand in the middle of the ring and said he is going to be a future WWE champion? You don't think that he, you think he wants to go back and being a fucking tag team? Hell No. But we're in a unique period in time with everything that's happening in the world that we can build legit tag teams. And we can probably undo what Steve Austin says, said, because that had become the psychology of wrestlers coming into company. I got a lot of friends who came into wrestling and they legitly said, hey, I don't give a fuck. They give me a tag team belt. I'm going to look for a way to get out of that. I want to be world champion. I want a main event WrestleMania. There's a lot of dudes who went to WCW. They wanted the main event Starcade. And now we have AEW. And eventually, in 15 to 20 years, somebody is going to want a main event double or nothing. It's a psychological formula that has been indoctrinated based off of the passion of one man. But when you have... uh, untrustworthy, emotionally broken, psychologically stricken, and, uh, and, and, and childlike mentality in the locker rooms. Maybe that's the older locker rooms. I don't know about these locker rooms, who knows? I'm just speaking freely, don't hang me on it. How do you decide who's great and who isn't? How do you decide who and what becomes those champions? How do you build tag team champions? Can you find 10 sets of men who have no, who have no dream to become the world's heavyweights champions of their feds? They have no dreams of becoming TNT champion or or a or, uh, or United States champion or intercontinental champion, so someone and someone. Their goal is solely to be a tag team fucking champion. Can that be done? Can that be comprehended? Can that be respected? So I say that before I do respect. Now, this is my formula to fix tag team wrestling. In AEW, I think they got the belts on the right two men, but they have to build and hire legit tag teams that have combined Have the personality and stardom of their world heavyweight champion and let them run for long periods of time. It's almost like you got to use the Rob Van Dam formula where Rob Van Dam was television champion for so long that we was watching ECW to see who was going to take the belt off of him. And he rode that roller coaster for two fucking years. And it was dope. And when he lost, you couldn't wait for him to get it back. The genius of Paul Heyman, let's respect it and applaud it. But now I believe AEW is in a good place. I think they need to go on a hiring spree and hire 10 tag teams and really focus, or maybe even six and really focus. And all tag teams are in the chase to become the tag team champions and somehow and a very uniquely written story that could be done right. And then over at the E, you gotta do something a little unique. I say, get two strong world heavyweight champions. I used this formula before, but I say take um, Drew McIntyre, and take his old 3MB partner, and get those, get the the modern day Maharaja. (laughs) I like that dude, but get them together and really build something different. Get those two rolling together. And maybe if you can, and I want to say this respectfully. I want to say this. If you can get the world heavy, if you can keep the, if you can keep the Drew, no one should be losing belts during the COVID period. I think Drew McIntyre should stay champion, Respectedly. and I think honest to God, truth, honest to God, truth, I say go put the belt back on the, the modern day Maharaja. I don't know if he's even using, using that moniker anymore. To be honest with you, put that, put a world title on him, on Jinder and get Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre and put those world heavy, and put those WWE Smackdown and WWE Raw Tag Team Championships both on both of them. Let them walk around with three belts each. Let them look powerful. Let them look dominant and have it where they run rough shot on Monday Night Raw and Smackdown. And when you do that, when you do that, since it seems like they're going to be putting the shows back together again, when you do that, you keep those belts on those dudes for a fucking year and let them, let it be a shitty feud. You know what I'm saying? And let them run for a year. Or you really want to do something magical? Put both those tag team belts on Brock Lesnar and um, what's this guy's name? Who ain't got shit to do Bobby Lashley and treat them like premier men. And once a month at every pay-per-view let Bobby Lashley and let Brock Lesnar destroy everyone in the tag team division between both shows. And I guarantee you those tag team belts will become the most respected thing. And you can have it when you go into a WrestleMania with Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar as tag team champions of SmackDown and Raw. And when they drop those titles, it's going to mean something. It's literally going to mean something. Shit. I say go back to a WrestleMania one format. Let it be Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar in a tag team main event for the WWE SmackDown and Raw Tag Team Championships. and I say turn those SmackDown Championships into the Universal Championships, but have it where they're going toe to toe, no world titles on the line. And if you can main event the Tag Team Championships, and you can have Drew McIntyre, and Jinder Mahal as the Tag Team Champions, or you can have it where Jinder Mahal, or and I'm going back and forth, but you're, you're listening to my brain work. Jinder Mahal as Jinder Mahal as Universal Champion, Drew McIntyre as WWE Champion against Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. And if you let Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre take the titles off of Bobby Lashley and 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 Brock Lesnar. And they're holding up six belts each. By the t- each, by the time you get three belts each, by the time you get to Monday Night Raw, when the crowds are back in the building, you are getting going to get a standing ovation, and tag team wrestling will be back. And in that same instance, in that same instance, on that night at WrestleMania, let's say that's you going into it next year like that, there should be five tag teams that will build up that people want to see become the champions. And you could begin that feud between WrestleMania and SummerSlam and let this SummerSlam be, let the coming SummerSlam of 2021 be a tag team-led SummerSlam. You might have to WrestleMania one this, just put all the gold in the same ring. You know how crazy that would be? WWE Universal Champion, Jinder Mahal, standing with his own tag team partner. Excuse me, I was taking a deep breath. With his old tag team partner, the WWE, now the current WWE Champion against Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar in a 25 minute good match and let them hold and let them pin Bobby and Brock to become the tag team champions of SmackDown and Raw. That'll make the tag team champions look defended. You could also you you could also utilize defending the now you can focus on the Intercontinental Championship, the United States Championship, you could focus on the NXT tag team championships if you want to have them defended. And with the two fucking nights, with the with the WrestleMania going to two nights, you can have gender. you can have Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. Defend their belts on night number one and then fight and wrestle one more time on night number two for the W for the WWE Smackdown Raw and Smackdown tag team championships It ain't rocket science people. It just may take a little bit of work and a little bit of elbow grease But the reality is but the reality is they can make that shit work and put something phenomenal together and take that stigmata that Steve Austin created off of wrestlers where their only focus is to become WWE champion or WWE universal champion or AEW champion. If I was booking for both one of those, not booking, if I was hiring talent for one of those companies, I would say we're only hiring you for tag team. If you want individual kid careers, this ain't the place for you right now. Your job is to be a tag team long term. Can you give us five to six, maybe 10 years of tag team wrestling? We need that. And Steve Austin needs to acknowledge that he might have created a stigma in the bu- he might have created a stigma in the business, and didn't even know it. I'm not going to beat your heads off more about that, but that's just one of the ways I would rebrand tag team wrestling. Imagine a WrestleMania main event, and I'm going to repeat this, uh, where it's not about the t- WWE and Universal Championships. You got Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal standing side by side in the best shapes of their life with the Universal and WWE Championship. And on the other side of the ring, in front of 60,000 people, you got Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley, WWE, SmackDown, and Raw champions. And then they get pinned. And Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal are raising those belts up fucking high, making everybody go crazy. Imagine if Hulk Hogan and Mr. T held up the WWE Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania 1 while Hulk Hogan was WWE champion. You just got a WrestleMania 1 this with a little bit more spizzazz. I ain't a rocket scientist. I'm just using common sense. I told you I'm the watcher of this business. With that being said, I thank you once again for listening to another episode of Wrestlers with Experience. with One half of this illustrious tag team, myself, Dietrich Davis, Mark Morrell is putting together some content for you guys. Don't get it twisted. If you did hear us from a couple of days, don't mean we not working. We never not working. We're always putting, getting the content together for you guys. I thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm going to leave you guys with that AJ Styles song. (laughs) This is AJ Styles Phenomenal. It's the orchestra remix. It was done by J.D. Spears. I thank you so much. You are greatly appreciated. Catch you on the next episode.